Big set by Brar across to McCarthy. Dixon with another set. At the net, there was lots of bodies, but that was Joel Regeer putting it down. That's the game, folks. That's a clean sweep on Saturday night. Thunderbirds five game win streak. They're hot. Hey everybody, we're back. Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus. The unceded ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. Guys, if I told you at winter break that UBC women's basketball and men's hockey were serious playoff contenders, would you believe me? No, no, I wouldn't. Definitely would have seemed unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I definitely won either and now at 10 and 8 and 14 and 10 respectively these two teams are making cases for why they should be a feared playoff team not just make playoffs but be feared in the playoffs they're both hot right now and if it wasn't for those two teams uh over the past weekend we also had men's volleyball sweep through brandon and men's basketball uh roll straight through the heat Although women's hockey dropped its two games to Saskatchewan and women's volleyball split its series against Brandon, both teams remain in the top five in U sports. Not such a bad weekend. And I didn't even mention yet that men's rugby kept hold of the white men boot against rivals Victoria. Lots of T-Bird wins and lots of high-ranking UBC sports. Yeah, it definitely feels better to be talking about a winning uh, men's hockey team. And it's better for them to be heating up now rather than if they started off the season hot and cooled off because this is giving the momentum into the playoffs. Um, starting off with hockey, uh, the men's team hosted Saskatchewan this weekend after a very successful Winter Classic weekend. This was their first real test since they started actually playing at a high level because Huskies are a third-ranked team in the country. Um, Thunderbirds are on a big four-game win streak, um, so this is, a, this is a big moment in the season for them, and they responded by crushing the number three team in Canada. Uh, Sven Butenshawn, head coach, former Vancouver Canucks, said he hasn't seen an effort like this from the Thunderbirds all season. I'd be inclined to agree. This was easily their best performance of the season. They started the scoring nine minutes into the first with Adam Rossignol tipping a Josh Connolly point shot. Huskies goalie Jordan Cook was unable to make the stretch, or he was able to make the stretch and make the save, but out of position, so Nick Buonasisi uh, buried the rebound. Carter Popoff had the second of the night with a really, really beautiful move. I suggest you go on Twitter and check out that video if you haven't seen it. It's an amazing goal. Link it on our... Uh, yeah, on our Twitter. On our Twitter page. Sure. Um... Uh, deking and dangling through three Huskies defenders on his way there. Um, Mike Stenerson set up Matt Revel for the third. Revel returned the favor to set up Stenerson for the fourth. Um, Sam Rupp, uh, Saskatchewan rookie, notched the lone Huskies goal in the second, gave him a bit of hope, and they pulled their goalie in the end, but Austin Vetterol, top scorer, slid one into the empty cage, put the game beyond reached. And they clinched a playoff spot with this one. They've clinched playoffs. <laughs> I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I thought this team were done. I thought they were dead in the water. I mean, thanks to a little bit of help from... Calgary's, uh, I don't know what to call that, uh, mishap. <laughs> yeah, take but, what you can get. But they're still great on their own. Well, it, I think it was the original boost that got them to the point where they are. But In the Winter Classic, all that momentum stemming from that. Huge win streak right now. This men's team is good as almost any in, in all of Canada West. Absolutely. Yeah, Matt Revel's been a key for this run. He seems to be, He's putting up points every night, it seems. And But despite the fact they did get the win... It was a weird game statistically. If you would have just looked at the box score, you would have been confused how UBC won 5-1 given they got outshot 41-18. <laughs> to A little bit of... Uh, they scored five goals on 18 shots. Yeah, ridiculous. 
Matt Hewitt. What is that statistically? That's it's like, like 28% percent shooting percentage. Like yeah. It's usually around 12. That's he, amazing. Yeah, Matt Hewitt, 40 saves. He's a, he's a monster. He's amazing. Yeah. Their defense has been very good in January as a whole, but even when they've slipped up like in this one, they're still finding ways to win. And Bonacisi also continues goal scoring. And maybe the playmaker old Nick Bonacisi is starting to change a bit, and he's picking up a new role. Yeah, well, if you can be, make plays as well as putting them away, that's a, that's a good key asset to have. Uh, I wanted to mention shot-blocking numbers really, really high in this one. Um, even the guys that normally don't block, they took a few in the shin guards. That's a really sign, really big sign that this team is coming together as a unit, playing as a team, working together, which is what you want heading into that playoff stretch. Uh, after seven straight starts for Matt Hewitt, who's been a brick wall as of late, but he was pretty—he had a lot to work to do on Friday, so he was pretty tired. So Sven finally finally put the backup Ryland Toth in. Uh, Toth is a first year who played with the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL, different Thunderbirds team uh, last year, where he won the WHL championship. He's a WHL champion. He also hails from Saskatoon, and he was very excited to play against his hometown team. He had a very successful junior career in, with Seattle as well as with Red Deer, but he struggled in Canada West. Despite a great 29-save preseason performance in Queens, he has not been very successful, hasn't won a game yet in conference play, and he was in net for that brutal 7-0 loss to Calgary, which he's very thankful that it's been wiped from the record books. Uh, Saturday's, Saturday's game was Ryland's first start since the ineligible player incident boosted them into a playoff spot. Um, the pressure was really on Toth here to get his first win against his hometown team, boost the win streak to six games. Um, he faced 28 shots and stopped all but one. Uh, which was the actual first marker of the night. The Saskatoon Huskies got, or Saskatchewan Huskies got it to the early lead in this one um, with Mackenzie Johnston. But in response, the Thunderbirds threw everything they had at Saskatchewan to open the second. They eventually responded through uh, Riley Gunther, a name we haven't heard in a while. Uh, good for him to get his, uh, his third of the season. On UBC's fifth power play of the game, Saskatchewan was in a lot of penalty trouble in this one. Tyler Santu, uh, who scored the Winter Classic game winner last week, took a 1-2 pass from Jarrett Smith to score his second game winner in as many weeks. Chase Clayton would add an empty netter. Six-game win streak. And seven of their last eight. Come on. This not, is a good team. Not too shabby. And you mentioned Ryland Toth. Matt Hewitt, probably the best goal in U sports. I, I'm, I'm going to put that out there. It's at least arguable, for sure. He's really good. And to have a, a Ryland Toth that we saw on Saturday night be the backup option, UBC men's hockey goalies, that's that's top of line right there. Yeah, we talked about the women's team who have like two of the best goalies in the conference. And I mean, if UBC can get in a similar situation with their men's team, that's looking really good. Yeah, and thankfully that 41-shot uh, outburst from Saskatchewan in the first match seemed to be a bit of an outlier. Went back down to 28, more manageable number, and more like the numbers they've been putting up in January. Yeah, the Thunderbirds will visit Mount Royal for their last road trip of the season next weekend. Um, that's the team directly below them in the standings, but five points. They would love to increase that distance. Um, if they in if they win either game next week in regulation, they will clinch a home playoff game. It was sadly a much less successful game for the women's team who dropped both of their games in Saskatoon. Um, Friday's game was really a defensive showcase. The shots finished just 18-13. to 13. Um, It took until the last few minutes of the second period for Saskatchewan's Leah Bolkin to fire one past Tori Miklash. Six minutes into the third, Emma Nutter doubled the lead for the Huskies, and that was all the action in that one. Um, on Saturday, another scoreless first period was followed by UBC actually jumping out to the first lead with Logan Boyd from a great feed from Hannah Clayton Carroll. Kennedy Harris tied the game in the third. It went to a shootout, and the only goal scored in the shootout was from Saskatchewan's Caitlin Willoughby. It was so that was enough to lift the Huskies over the boards, over the birds rather. Um, over the boards, what a hockey game! Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm always <laughs> thinking of hockey. Uh, good defensive performance Friday. Uh, and then not so much on Saturday, like real strong opposites. 18 shots uh, were taken against the Thunderbird goalie on Friday and then 40 
shots were let through on Saturday. Big difference. But yeah. shouldn't be too much concern? Well, it definitely is a defense-first team, but the offense has been a concern, or at least it was this past weekend. They only managed 13 shots on Friday, which is – you can't have that in that's any bad. game. That's yeah. very bad. And they managed 22 on Saturday, but that's still not where you'd want it to be. Even with those 40 shots coming in, though, 39 stopped. Only one let through, though. So when when you get through the div- – the defense, at least you have good people in net to back you up. Yeah, honestly, like it was, there's not really a lot that they could have done. Um, they had to score goals. You got to score goals to win hockey games. They didn't. Uh, couldn't ask for anything more from Abelia Bone. She had an amazing game. Uh, it's great to see two number one, two almost number one goalies here. Uh, the final home games of the season for UBC women's hockey are this weekend. Come out and the host Mount Royal. For the fifth consecutive year, the men's UBC rugby team holds onto the Whiteman boot. It's a trophy named after former head coach of the UBC men's rugby team. They took down the Vikes for the third time in the school year, uh, but this time really was anything but a walk in the park. Leo, uh, led by Theo Sauter, rather, uh, with his 12 points on the day, Thunderbirds staged a dramatic late comeback and were able to keep hold of that trophy with a final score of 22-20. to On the Saturday matchup, the Vikes jumped out to a huge 17-0 lead, thanks in part to Graydon Bowd, who scored 15 points on the day. Uh, with a try to convert and a pair of penalties with uh, the help of a solder try on the Thunderbird side and a John Juvenbill put down with the help from another solder kick, UBC shrunk the deficit to 2015. And on the very last possession of the game, Thunderbirds chugged down the field. Three Viking penalties allowed Nick Allen an opportunity to get the put down for a try. And at 2020, cue the drama. Who else but Theo Sauter from the far left side of the field snipes two-point convert right as the final whistle is blown just moments after. Yeah, what a monstrous performance from Theo Sauter in this one, just performing all over the field, speed, kicking, really partially at least put the team on his back in this one. Yeah, and I mean, we've noticed sort of a theme with the UBC team so far uh, this season is perseverance, comebacks, stuff like that. Definitely shown here they were down 17-0 and came back to win uh, 22-20. Next week, the Thunderbirds, who are now 11-2 in BC Premier League play, will take on Capilano at the Kehlani Park in West Vancouver at 2.30 is the scheduled kickoff time for that one. The Vikes will go on to host the Nanaimo Hornets at Wallace Field. Yeah, and uh, now it goes to the volleyball. For a women's volleyball game, they found themselves a bit caught off guard after a bye week and following just four set on Saturday's game to the Brandon Bobcats. So now third nationally ranked T-Birds, this is, not, this is only their third loss in the season. And, but however, their new record of 15-3 to may cast some doubts for the team as playoffs are just around the corner. And Friday, the Thunderbirds entered the first set strongly and were led by Kieran Vanrek and Liv Furland. But the team then failed to finish off the set. As a result of a few errors, the T-Birds lost the first set 21-25. to The team traded some points in the beginning of the second set and find themselves locked at 14. After a timeout caught by the UBC head coach Doc Reimer, the Tibers started to regain some control of the court and finally closed out the set in 25-19. And the third set was completely in the birds' favor as they not only contributed their game-high 15 kills but also reached an incredible hitting percentage at 0.414. With a clinching ace from Sierra Henley, the Thunderbirds easily took down the frame with a 12-point advantage. The Popcats responded in the fourth set and killed the third set UBC momentum. The, uh, the Brandon Bobcats tied the UBC Thunderbirds three times in the set at 14-14, 20-20, and 25-25.
the Bobcats, the Bobcats broke the final tie first, thanks to a kill from Nikhail Majewski and an error made by Hanley, giving Brandon the set. In the fifth set, Brandon jumped out to the 5-2 lead and forced the T-Birds to take a timeout. The Birds then climbed back after the timeout and tied it up at 10-10. The team continued to trading points to each other and ended up at 14-14. That when Brandon's Michelle Agger service error gave the momentum to the Birds, and Enterprise finished the long back and forth affair with a clinching ace giving UBC a close win. Kiervan Reich uh, once again led the team. 15 kills, 2 aces, 4 blocks, the norm for her. And Gabby Tia following close behind, 14 kills, big day for her, 1 ace and 5 blocks on the ledger. Yeah, and I mean, despite the the win from UBC, uh, Michelle Egger had an amazing game. Thank she God she made that final service error, though. Yeah, yeah, it was it was huge because um, she's one of the best servers probably Canada West has ever seen. She broke the Canada West record. She had seven aces on Friday, yeah. um, which 52 on the season, uh, which is the Canada West record. Previous was 50, and that's with like six games to go. So, I mean... She's amazing. She put up some more on Saturday night, if I believe. I think she's, yeah, she's uh, actually up closer to 54. Yeah, she definitely had at least 53. I do remember that. Yeah, and for Saturday, unfortunately, they weren't keep it up that lucky. So with a final set count of 23-25, 23-25, and 25-17, and 23-25, there seemed to have been a lack of energy on the court. The visiting Bobcats come back strong in the first set. The team just jumped to the rally in the beginning and were tied at 10-10. Teamwork between Michelle Egger and Kayla Majewski, the Bobcats slowly widened out the point gap and finally took down the host by a pair of points. UBC played a better volleyball in the second set. They had a higher hidden percentage at 0.188 over Bobcats 0.170, but they still failed to figure out their own defense. It was a close race where neither side ever led by more than two points. UBC took two timeouts to regroup, and although Kier Van Rijk put up seven out of her 13 kills on the night, she couldn't save the team from losing the set. The third set, the UBC turned it a 180 in the third set. They put up a defensive wall and brought the original score to 10-6. The T-Birds maintained stretch the lead to 19-11, to takes the lead to overcome. The Birds took the set with a Gabrielle Atia kill 25-17. However, they didn't manage to keep up their momentum into fourth set. The Bobcats dropped down their game's high 17 kills and were gifted four points from UBC's errors. With the help by Nikhil Majewski, the Bobcats more or less easily beat on UBC. And after that loss on Saturday, Calgary is now tied up with UBC for first place in Canada West. They're going to have to work hard if they want to keep up that first place spot in U Sports. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, me, me and Jacob, uh, we broadcasted this one on Canada West TV. Uh, we sort of mentioned a couple times that Kara Van Rijk didn't look all that great, but she had 13 kills. I think that's just what we've come to expect. Um, like, 13 kills for anybody else would be an, an amazing night, but for her, it's just sort of the norm. Right, and even though Brandon did end up making... They ended up make making UBC split the series against them. Not too much of concern, if anything. We actually see Gabby Atia, who has been in the top uh, five for hitting percentage, but also Kiara Hanley now working away into number four for hitting percentage in Canada West. That means... Other players are getting involved on the court outside of Van Rijk. So maybe after this week, we'll see a bit of a momentum shift with some of that stress taken off the shoulders of uh, Kira Van Rijk. Yeah. After the game, I was able to catch up with uh, Libero, Samantha Patko, and um, she had a great game, 16 digs and four assists. To all season, uh, what adjustments did you make in that uh, time between the second and third sets to come back and win that third set pretty convincingly? Uh, we really focused on serve receive, I was saying. We made a lot of adjustments there, and then we focused on, they scored a lot on roll shots and tips, and so we adjusted our defense to that, and so I think that made the biggest difference, and just definitely key on number nine. She had a good, really good game, so 
we focus on her in that third set, and I think that made a huge difference for us. Yeah, uh, number 19, Michelle Egger for the, for the Bobcats. She set the record last week, for, or last night rather, for uh, aces. aces of the <laughs> season, uh, 52 with seven games left in the season. What is it about that serve that makes it so difficult to handle? Uh, yeah, she's just got, she's really good at mixing out. She serves from both sides of the court, goes short, goes deep, floats it, it drops it. It's, she's got all the variability, and so I think that really makes a difference for her. The, the Bobcats, they might be a potential first-round opponent. They're sort of in the eighth seed. You're in the first seed at the moment. Do you think you'll have them figured out by then, or do you think you might have a little bit of trouble like you did tonight? Uh, I think when it comes to playoffs, everyone's going to put up a good fight, but we'll definitely make the adjustments needed for then and hopefully come out strong. All right, thanks so much. Thank you. That was women's libero Samantha Paco talking about her recent team play. Looking forward to playoffs, UBC still tied at the top of the league, uh, now actually ranked third, I believe, in U Sports, but top of the Canada West, still tied up with Calgary. It's a little harsh drop in the power rankings, I think. Lose one game, drop two spots in the power rankings. I don't know who does those. It's a tough world out there, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> On the men's side, they found huge success over the past weekend, where fifth-year Keith West, monster weekend, 20 kills, four aces, four blocks. Some of those kills that we saw, Eric, we, we were <laughs> broadcasting, goodness. they were insane. Yeah. Um, and... In addition, with their most recent pair of wins, the team is now ranked second in all of U Sports. So maybe those rankings aren't such a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> They're very fra- reactionary, though I find. Yes, they are. Um, Looking, I think it has to do with the ROI, some of the some of the different statistics. Yeah, but like you it. say, <laughs> might be up to some people up top. On Friday night, it took the Thunderbirds a total of four sets to pull off the win against Brandon. In the first set, T Birds started off on the right foot, pulling away with an early nine-two lead, and that forced Brandon head coach. Grant Wilson to take an early timeout. The early lead couldn't be reclaimed by the Bobcats, and a 1925 first set win ended in UBC's favor. Jordan DeShane and the finally returned Matt Guidi. Yes, my man is back. <laughs> they led the way for the Thunderbirds in the first set, each putting up four kills. They had some decent help, though, while he was out from McCarthy oh, and DeShane. They were amazing. Stepped out, in, and that begs the question, which we can maybe talk about a bit later, where is Guidi going to fit back in now? Yeah, well, I mean, like, they can roll subs. They usually keep the team pretty solid, but if they want to roll subs, put Guidi in in some situations, put McCarthy in in others, because I don't think they should take up Finn McCarthy the way he's been playing Playing the past too good, yeah. Weekends. Yeah. In the second set, the Thunderbirds found themselves trailing after the 20 mark, until the fill-ins, as we just mentioned, Finn McCarthy and Jordan DeShane stepped up yet again in a clutch in the clutch and tallied three straight kills, giving opportunity for Captain Irvin Brar to close out the set with an ace. On the other side, the Bobcats were led in the first and second sets by team leader in kills, Elliot Viles. The third set saw the Bobcats bouncing back. It was Seth Friesen and Matt Powell who led the opposition's attack and gave Brandon University the 25-21 victory. The final set featured another early T-Bird lead, which they never gave up. Match point had McCarthy and West team up for a double block to clinch the game for the Birds. Final set count in that first Friday match was 25-19, 25-22, 21-25, and again, 25-22. Yeah, this there was a lot of errors tonight for the Thunderbirds. They had 24 of them, which offset a bit the really nice job they did uh, getting, the, getting kills. They had 18 more than Brandon, which led to the victory tonight. And a note for the history books, Irvin Brar 
is now in the Canada West all-time top 20 for career conference digs with 603, and he's third on UBC's list. He's behind current assistant coach Ian Perry, whose 951 is number two all-time in Canada West. Yeah, uh, Brar had a nice back and bounce back. Uh, his first top part of 2018, he was sort of up and down. Uh, he had a good performance on Friday. Not so much the same on Saturday, but uh, Ketarakis had 46 assists in four sets. Uh, Good God. So good. Uh, averaging more than 10 a set on the night. Good enough for second in Canada West because he averages more than 10 a set all the, on the season with 10.42. And that's not even to mention his aces, which are good enough for first and aces per set. I think he's up near the .8 mark. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and just as we discussed before, Grady is finally back. Finally. Like, his backward offense is so critical for the birds. But his uh, absence helped the other players like first year Finn McCarthy and Jordan Deshane. Uh, like they was actually led to scoring kills with 30 on the night. On Saturday night, the momentum kept rolling as it was a monstrous first set, which created a quick 3-0 momentum boost, and the Thunderbirds got the sweep on the night. There was seven, I repeat, seven aces dropped by the Thunderbirds in that first set, which caught the Bobcats and lead scorer Elliot Viles completely off guard. It set a dominant tone for the rest of the, for the rest of the evening, and on top of the service line productivity, West had another three kills. Ketarakis added four digs and six assists. There was a total of twenty one errors in just the three set affair on the side of the Bobcats, which they kind of traded roles with the Thunderbirds from the previous night. And the first set decisively went to UBC, twenty five eleven. Second set played out differently as the lead went back and forth. It was. Substitute Liam Matheson of the Bobcats, a player who, like I said, didn't even start. He led the way with four kills, and on UBC's side, it was Keith West who racked up five. After some free volleyball, the Birds ended up clinching the set 27-25. The third and final set sure didn't look like it would be the last, but the Bobcats pushed hard, and they actually had an 18-16 lead against UBC. Head coach Karen McDonald regrouped the squad with the timeout, and after pulling within one point of 2019, the Greek god, the number one player in aces per set, Lord Byron Ketarakis himself, went on a three-ace tear and gave UBC the lead. From there, a few jousts to the net, and Joel Regeer ended up finishing off the match with a game-winning block. Final set count, 25-22, 27-25, and 25-22. Yeah, and you mentioned Ketarakis, but this is also just as big performance this weekend from Keith West. A lot of clutch kills from him. And just in general, the team, ton of aces, they've been really good at it all season. And if you can just get points immediately off the serve, that's going to help you a lot. Yeah, absolutely. The aces were insane as well. Um, I mean, and the errors were way down. Um, 24 the previous night, only 10 this night. Clean game, and that's something you want to see, especially heading towards the playoffs. Thunderbirds are now second in U Sports, and they're rolling with that five-game win streak they can cut down errors like they did in the second game. I think they got a good shot at that title. Next week's next week, rather, the Birds will take to the road and will take on the Cougars. And the women's Cougar team is near the top of the league while men's Regina team occupies the bottom seat. We will now listen in to Keith West, who as earlier mentioned had a monster weekend. First congratulations on the game and you guys did pretty well. So in, in general, what do you think about like this game so far? 
I mean, it was an important game for us. We were just yeah. coming off a bye weekend. Yeah. It's tough to gauge like how you're going to play when you haven't played for a full two weeks, right? It's right. Sometimes you're rusty, sometimes you're out of rhythm. So it, it was a good feeling to come out strong. The very first night, like our first set, was one of our best performances of the year. Yeah. And same thing tonight, the first set, we played really, really well. Yeah. Credit to like all of our servers. From like the service line, we were serving some really tough balls, and that put them into tough situations. So. Right. And you guys right now are on a five-minute streak right now. So what do you think like, like made you guys coming back so strong? Like, Because we all know like in the first game uh, of 2018, right. it's not a very... Yeah, something that's been kind of shared in our, our locker room and in our meetings is that yeah. like that first game of the year was a wake-up call for us because we kind of got in the habit of expecting to win. This is like our kind of team motto right now is that yeah. instead of expecting to win because we're good, we should be like trying to win and, and trying to earn a win or hoping to win. Yeah. Uh, having like that attitude or that mindset, um, it's allowed us to play a lot more free, a lot more determined, and uh, it's, it, the results have shown for themselves. You are, your game statistics are going up like side by side and like, from each game. So what do you think about your own performance? Do you satisfied with that? Yeah, I think like for myself individually this weekend I've made some improvements um, I have been struggling offensively for most of the season and this weekend was a little bit better uh, but I I wouldn't say I'm satisfied with where I'm at I know there's a lot of work to be done and uh, for a team that is looking to be at a national standard I think there is a lot more work to be done luckily like we still do have another seven weeks give or take and I'm confident that like we're, we're gonna work hard enough to make it there but I would yeah I wouldn't say satisfied at all yeah Moving on to basketball, the women's side swept UEC Okanagan, stretching their winning streak to six games and clinching a playoff spot, which just a month ago seemed like it might have been out of reach. On Friday, the Thunderbirds scored a season-high 82 points as they won handily, 82-55 to the final score. UBC had a quiet first half, scoring only 29 points, but exploded in the second, scoring 29 points in just the third quarter and 24 in the fourth to run away with it. Madison Penn scored 26 points, her highest total of the new year so far, and Keelan Filowich recorded 21 points and 11 rebounds in this one. Overall, just a dominant performance as UBC shot 53% from the field and held the heat to 34% shooting. It was against the worst team in conference, but... It's encouraging to see a strong offensive performance like this, shooting seven or seven from nineteen from three and seven from eleven from free throw line. Those are huge increases in numbers that they've very much so struggled with in the past. And I mean, those aren't mind blowing numbers to no. teams outside of UBC, but for for the women's basketball team here, that's a big improvement. Yeah, and a big improvement from Philly, which as well. She scored twenty points three times in January and went two months without hitting twenty points. And she recorded double digit rebounds four times this month. She did it four times the entire first half of the season. So definitely some really good play from Philly, which as of late. Yeah, she's been rolling in January, and the Thunderbirds continued to roll on Saturday with another comfortable victory. Again, a bit of a rough start as the first quarter ended with a score of just ten to eight UBC. Thunderbirds busted the game open in the second with a 29-13 quarter, and they coasted from there. Filowich led the way with 17 points and a season-high 14 rebounds, while Gabrielle LaGuerta scored a season-high 16 points off the bench. Penn and Hansen were quiet, but Thunderbirds just didn't need them in this game to get the win. And with this win, the Thunderbirds clinched a playoff spot and will be fighting for home court advantage this weekend against Victoria in the last two games of the regular season. LaGuerta, let's go. That's great. I mean, that's great to see some numbers for her up on the board. She's She's been um, quiet 
throughout the rest down. of the season, up and down, to say the least. She's been decent from beyond three, but like you said, a bit inconsistent. But putting up 16 points, it is hard to say, given the quality of their opposition. Um, but things are looking looking up for this women's basketball team. Yeah, they've... Yeah, they've improved in their um, free throw shooting. Obviously not a significant amount, 67% from the line. That's not great, but it's better than below 60% the entire season, and maybe that'll keep trending upward. Yeah, and then looking at the playoff picture, the Thunderbirds are in a three-way tie for seventh with Lisbridge and Alberta, who play each other in this weekend. Uh, these last two games have huge playoff implication because if UBC can get the seventh or eighth seed, they will have home court in their playoff wild cards match two weeks from now. And Victoria this week, it's tied with for third in Canada West, so it won't be easy. But grabbing home court for the wild card match will be a huge boost for the team. Moving on to the men's side, they took care of business against the Heat, winning both their games and locking up a top three spot in the conference. On Friday, they were held to their season low in points, but they still won comfortably 73-47. to the Thunderbirds only scored 29 points in the first half, similar to the women's team on Friday, but they turned it on in the second, outscoring the Heat 24-13 to in the third to pull away. Connor Morgan, as usual, led the way, 24 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. And while Phil Jalopor added 17 points and 4 assists, he continued to struggle with his 3-point shot. He was held to 1 of 5 from deep in this one, and he's now shooting 5 for 35 from 3 in January. Elsewhere on the team, Lucas Aharievic double-doubled, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and the Thunbirds put in a strong defensive performance, limiting the Heat to 26% shooting. Jalapur's slump, been a bit weird, and it is concerning come playoff time. We know Morgan's going to put it in. Jalapur does need to bring his A game. Yeah, and it's not just Jalapur. The entire game has struggled from three in January. In four of their last six games, the Thunderbirds have shot below 30% from three, including 26% in this match. Yeah, a little bit concerning with the three-point shooting, but the Thunderbirds got some of their offensive kick back on Saturday, winning 84-63. to The game was tied after the first, but the Thunderbirds outscored the Heat 33-13 to in the second to kill the game, win their fourth straight. Phil Jalopur bounced back, 20 points on 8-14 of shooting, 2-6 of six from three. Connor Morgan had a bit of a relaxed night, just 13 points and 5 rebounds in 19 minutes. And Mason Bursay, Zaharievic, and Grant Shepard all scored double figures with 11, 10, and 10 points respectively. Just in general, very clean game for UBC. They forced 21 turnovers and tied their season low by only committing nine themselves. And big turnaround really brought those turnover numbers down, and it was great to see Taylor Brown making his first start of the season, place of Isaiah Familia, putting up some good numbers on the board. Yeah, we're running a little bit short for time, so we can't obviously cover everything we'd like to today, but just a heads up, uh, UBC's uh, basketball event, courtside, it's sort of like the equivalent of Winter Classic, but for basketball. Really fun night. Uh, check it out online for more information. Go Thunderbirds, go Thunderbirds.ca slash courtside. Um, elsewhere, we've got women's volleyball visiting Regina, as well as men's volleyball this weekend. Men's ice hockey visiting Mount Royal, while women's ice hockey will host them. Women's basketball and men's basketball visit Victoria. Great, and thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. If you like what you've been hearing from both Thunderbird Eye shows on Thursdays and our live sports broadcasts, please go check us out on Twitter at CITR Sports. That's all one word. There we post updates, photos, videos, and more. We have links to our podcasts of these shows. Also, be looking forward to an up-and-coming Facebook page in the next month to hear even more from us here at Thunderbird Eye. Thanks again for listening in, and... Now, the upcoming show will be Shoes on a Wire, hosted by Madeline Taylor. For Thunder Ride, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz. Tune in next Thursday from 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day.
midweek when the midweek news broke that Teo Dezar yeah. wasn't going to be playing in this game. Growing sport and to do it on a university campus with an educational message.